of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and great to be here with you today. And thank you for joining me as I continue through the Psalm Project. We have reached Psalm 26. That is where we are today. Another Psalm of David, Psalm 26. Uh, rather short Psalm, so my uh, commentary won't be very much. It was a rather easy one to set to music. There were four total stanzas in this Psalm, and so. I hope you're blessed by this. Let me begin by reading Psalm 26, Psalm of David. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes. And I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men in whose hands are evil devices, and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. So the psalmist here, David, he begins by talking about his integrity. And he identifies himself in motive and action with righteousness in verse 1. I've walked in my integrity. I've trusted in the Lord without wavering. He identifies himself with righteousness rather than with the wicked. And he invites God to test the truth of this claim in verse 2. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. David has no illusions of being sinless here. Don't get that idea, okay? And we see that later in Psalm 53. Uh, he he does not believe that he doesn't have need of mercy because he certainly does. In countless psalms, you see him crying out for forgiveness. But here, he is confident. Uh, the scripture refers to David as a man after God's own heart. You think of what he did, murder, adultery, pro probably rape is what it was. Yet he is referred to as a man after God's own heart. How many times have we heard someone who commits a heinous crime act? Think of the worst of the worst, the serial killers, the rapists, whoever you could think of that is famous for that horrendous act that probably many of them have already died on death row in prison. How many times do we hear people say there is a special place in hell for such and such or for people like that? That is one of the most blatantly purposeful and terrible lies that anyone could ever tear, uh, tell. What that does is in our pride, we admit or we confess wrongly that God is not capable of forgiving someone like that. 
You limit God is what you do. It is a form of idolatry. There is no sin that someone commits that is the unpardonable sin except not receiving Christ. But for anyone out there, no one is so far gone gone that God cannot forgive them. The Apostle Paul referred to himself as the worst of sinners, the chief of sinners. David here knew that his heart was after God. And so he confidently asked God to test him. How many times have we, have you been in an argument with someone and you knew that you knew that you knew that you were correct about this issue? And so you tell somebody, let's look it up. <laughs> or you, you seek out a way to prove that you are right because you know that you know that you are right. That is the heart of David here when he's saying, vindicate me, O Lord. I've walked in my integrity. That's the kind of righteous, upright heart we should all possess. He says, I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites in verse 4. This reminds me of the first psalm that we looked at, Psalm 1-1, where the psalmist says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the feet of scoffers. And David here reiterates that. I don't sit with these people. I don't hang out with them. In verse 9, Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men. He wants to distance himself from the wicked, because if they enter the sanctuary... The sanctuary precincts, and we see this in verse 6 through 8, where he says, I wash my hands of innocence. I go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving. And so he knows if these evil people enter this sanctuary precincts, they will be quickly destroyed. This was, uh, God gave specific commands on how to enter the place of his dwelling. In the Holy of Holies, If a priest entered and was unclean, they would be struck dead, literally struck dead. By the way, there is a theory, a rumor, and I believe a false one, that the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement with a rope tied around his ankles so that if he was struck dead, they could pull him out of the Holy of Holies. Uh, There's no historical evidence for this. If you ever hear somebody speak of this or talk about it, It is wrong. God gave specific commands on what the high priest was to wear when entering the Holy of Holies. I cannot imagine that they would think it's a good idea to add a rope to that garment when God never gave such instructions. Besides that, think about it. If a high priest was killed in the Holy of Holies, that place ceases to become the Holy of Holies because there is a dead body in it. Okay, so whoever came up with this idea, I don't know where it came from. There's no historical evidence whatsoever that a high priest had a rope tied around his ankle when he entered the Holy of Holies. So just throw that out of your discussion. If somebody brings it up, say, nope, you're wrong. (laughs) Um, It is incorrect. Uh, I digress. Moving on. Um, so, So David here is discussing entering the place where God dwells in with confidence. In verse 6, he says, I go around your altar, O Lord. The language here fits a prayer for admission to the sanctuary. In verse 9, he says, Do not sweep away my soul with sinners. He wants to distance himself because they're wicked. They'll be quickly destroyed if they enter 
this place where God dwells. In verse 12, my foot stands on level ground in the great assembly. I will bless the Lord. This is a metaphor for personal stability and right relationship with God. And this is the type of heart that we should all possess, that we should enter worship with. And because we are redeemed through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can enter in righteousness, in the righteousness of Christ. But what do we do to prepare our hearts for that confidence? What do we do each week on Saturday night before we gather together with God's people? What do we do to prepare our hearts to realize that confidence that we are standing in righteousness? I like how Charles Spurgeon said, now Even now, we stand with boldness where even angels hide their faces. (laughs) Think about that. I wrote a, a hymn a while back that has sort of that idea in it that we stand now with boldness before God where even angels are hiding their faces out of fear of him. And here we are as human beings who were total and radi- totally and radically depraved, complete enemies of God, now standing with boldness before him, even though angels hide their faces from him. What an amazing thought. And what a, a wonderful privilege that we have, not based on anything we've ever done, but based on the mercy of God, that we can approach him now as David here approaches Even though his enemies are out to get him, even though evil exists in this world, David here says, I will not be found with this, these acts, with these people. I will approach God boldly in righteousness. And may that be our heart and our prayer. And may that be our realization in our life. So uh, thank you for listening today to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Oh, Lord.
this is my delight the place in which your glory dwells is lovely in my sight with sinners do not take my soul with men who blood have spilled their hands perform a wicked scheme their hands with bribes are filled but I have set myself to walk in high integrity oh set me free. My foot now stands on level 